Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. How's your day? You know, we've been here doing this all day. So. I know. This has been, it's been so much fun. I and know. We, to, and you know what? I'm kind of excited because this, our last guest that we're interviewing today feels like such a great conversation because it's just one of our co-workers. Yes. So we are here with our other co-worker, Juliana Wilson. Hello, Juliana. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yay. So let's start off with you just telling us about yourself and what you do at Lifeway. Yeah, so I'm Juliana. I manage the social media for Lifeway Women. So think Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of that fun digital content, just connecting with our audience and our community, as well as blog content. Um, if you've been to one of our Lifeway Women events, I know it's been a while since we've been able to gather in a room together, but you've probably seen me running around um, with my phone, taking pictures and posting. So I get to do a lot of fun stuff with my job here at Lifeway Women, but I'm also um, a wife to a great husband. His name is Ben, and we're very active in our church here in Nashville, Um I grew up around Nashville. I like to call myself a Nashville native, <laughs> relatively speaking. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay, so you made it sound like really simple, like, hey, I run the Lifeway Women <laughs> social media. But what a lot of our listeners may not know is how many people that really reaches. Yeah. Can you just like maybe give us a glimpse into how many people really are affected? Or like, you know, that's a huge responsibility. So give us some insights. It's a big audience. We are getting ready to celebrate 250,000 followers on Instagram alone. Wow. Um, so that is 250,000 women, girls, um, even a couple of men just all around the world who are connecting with our content through just Instagram alone. I mean, we have a broad audience on Facebook and Twitter as well. So a big part of my job is just connecting with those people. You know, if you send us a instant message on social media or tag us in a photo or anything like that. It's just a lot of fun because the incredible ministry too has been just some of the women reaching out to us saying like, Hey, I'm walking through this. Would you please pray for me? And just the great honor that I have of sharing that prayer request with our team and praying for people. So it's, 
it's a lot of work, um, just generating content and keeping everybody engaged and making everyone feel welcomed and important. But um, I feel like it's a great honor to get to do that too. So I really enjoy it. For sure. And we are glad to have you do it. And so um, some of our listeners might know that I did that job before Juliana. And so I'm so thankful for her um, stepping in. And I think that you're doing a great job. So we're thankful Elizabeth for you. Elizabeth taught me a lot of what I know. So. <laughs> and Elizabeth did it among many other jobs as well, too. It was the yes. kind of when it was great. When I first took it over, because I, I, th- I feel like sometimes people are like, well, Elizabeth did this on top of her other job. But like when I first took over social media for Life with Women, it was like, hey, maybe if you just tweet once a day or something, like we just didn't have nearly the audience because social media wasn't as big. Like Instagram stories didn't exist. Like it was just, it was a different thing then. It was just kind of um, there. And we had maybe a couple thousand followers. I don't even know how many we had at that time. And so over the years it grew and grew just as social media in general grew. And at that point I was like, I can't do this part-time anymore. (laughs) So um, we are so thankful to have Juliana who can really like focus on that full time. And um, yeah, because there are just a ton of relationships that you're helping answer questions and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I do that a little bit now with the Lifeway handles. And so it's definitely uh, something that I think is we're going to talk a little bit more about as well, just like how it can be a ministry and how we can we can be Christ-like on social media. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But first, we did want to ask you to dive a little bit deeper into um, the American Ninja Warrior. (laughs) Which is like a total turn. Like, they're like, (laughs) yeah, what? Our listeners are like, what? And I was like, so this is me. This is what I do. Um, But yeah, there's there's just a whole... um, I like to tease my my in-laws and really my family in general. If we just like to keep everyone guessing of <laughs> what are we going to do next. So when my husband and I got married, um, we both have just always known like our entire lives that we weren't going to follow the path that was most commonly traveled. And <laughs> at times that has been really hard because, you know, you see your friends making these big life decisions and life moves and and we just didn't feel called to kind of follow that pattern, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. Um, and so all of that to say, my husband and I are actually training. Uh, we will be on NBC's show, American Ninja Warrior, later on this year. So season 13. My husband, Ben, was on the show in season 11. You may have seen him if you watched, um, if you're a fan of the show, but Um, Yeah, it's something that growing up was not ever on my list of things to become. (laughs) I was going to become a professional ballet dancer and then write a book. And here I am. (laughs) Um, But it's amazing just being able to train with your spouse. And when Ben and I were engaged and we were going through our premarital counseling with our pastor, Ben, he actually told us, he said, never stop dating and always continue to have fun together. And somehow at 30 years old, here we are, our definition of fun is running obstacles and training for this agility course show. I mean, I have calluses and blisters all over my hands as I'm speaking, um, just from the amount of training that we're doing. But it's also taught us a lot about us and our relationship with one another and our relationship with Christ, which is something that is really unique. 
Well, and if people have, like, when you think of American Ninja Warrior, you know, you might have this picture in your head of, you know, this athlete or whatever. But what you don't also know, I mean, Juliana definitely is super athletic, but she is tall and beautiful. And she's actually won a few pageants in her yes. in her career and even just most recently. So, I mean, like, you are just it's like a renaissance. Yeah, woman. you're like this. Renaissance. <laughs> so talk what how did you get into pageants? And, you know, what's the reason behind all of that, too? Yeah. So growing up, like a lot of little girls growing up in the South, I wanted to be Miss America. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start doing pageants as a little girl or even as a teenager, um, which I'm thankful for that now. But then whenever I got into college, got a little bit older, um, it was continued to be an interest of mine. And actually just a couple, well, this past weekend, I won a state title, Mrs. Um, Tennessee, United States. Um, and just kind of that journey, it's amazing the people that I have been able to interact with and through the pageant world. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on that. And there's a lot of stereotypes that go with that. And I do everything I can to be like, hopefully I'm not the stereotypical, you know, pageant girl that you would expect. But one of the things that Ben Mandrell, the CEO of Lifeway, challenges us to do very often is to engage with people who don't know Christ, you know, mm -hmm. to step out of our comfort zone, out of our circle in our church. Because, you know, I work at Lifeway. I am very active in church. I have so many friends at church. And so it's really easy to kind of just go deeper, deeper into that circle. Right. Um, and pageants kind of gives me an opportunity to step out of that. And so part of it is that, and also the reason I originally got into pageants was looking for a platform to be able to share my faith and to talk to people about things that I'm passionate about. You know, growing up, I grew up on a dairy farm. I mean, I know how to milk a cow. Like a lot of people don't, don't even know that, that mm -hmm. part of the story. And to just be able to share with people some of the, the things that I have been through and the struggles that I have faced and how the Lord has brought me through and just kind of those pivotal moments in life. Um, as Mrs. Tennessee, I've already had the opportunity to speak with the governor about just issues that are facing school children today and, and just unique opportunities like that that I don't know that I would have necessarily had through another avenue. So I look at it as... Anytime I'm competing, the Lord opening a door or closing a door. And I have had to learn, you know, it wasn't the Lord's plan for me to be Miss America, but somehow as a married woman, he's opened this door for me to continue to have relationships with people just around the country and have a positive impact on teens and younger women who I've realized really look up to me. And that's a big responsibility. So... Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, I'll be, a lot of our listeners also ask us, like, how did you get your job at Lifeway? I mean, like, we get that. Like, how yeah. did you get where you are? So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your journey of getting to Lifeway. Yeah, I have been asked that question so many times, or I've had so many people come up to me and be like, oh, my goodness, how do I get your job? And I'm like, well, you can't have my job exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, honestly, how I look back over my career and how the Lord was kind of preparing me all along the way for my journey to Lifeway Women. And, you know, I don't, I don't know where he, he continues to lead. You know, we, we have to trust him with that. 
But I went to college at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, and majored in broadcast journalism. So my goal, personally, at that time was to become the next Katie Couric. I wanted to anchor an evening nationally televised news show. Well, the Lord had other plans, and I quickly realized after an internship that I was not cut out to carry around uh, 50 pounds of camera equipment. Mm -hmm. But around my junior year of college, I discovered that social media marketing was slowly becoming a thing. And I expressed to a couple people that I was interested, and they're like, you're never going to make a career out of that. Like, good luck. (laughs) Good luck making a career out of social media in any way, shape, or form. Um, well, I took a job right out of college doing social media marketing for restaurant equipment, super glamorous. And we were, you know, we were (laughs) marketing dishwashers, pots and pans and just crazy things. But the Lord taught me a lot through that. And then through the journey, he took me to the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, formerly known as the Tennessee Baptist Convention. And I worked for um, the Women's Missionary Union there. And the Lord continued to just grow my faith and grow my skills. And I actually had a couple of friends, Lifeway Women, as it would be, posted on Instagram this position. And I had about four or five friends just DM me this this square from Lifeway Women's Instagram. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And I decided to throw my application in the ring and was like, you know what? Wherever the Lord leads. And he had opened the door and... That was, I started working at Lifeway Women in January of 2020. Well, we all know how 2020 went. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing, like pandemic hit. And so, yeah, how did, how did that affect just yeah. coming on to a new job? The number of times that I have just had to learn to really rely on Christ. Um, I, I, like I said, I look back and I see how he was forming all the pieces and the skills together that I would need for this position and growing my faith, but it's been hard. I mean, this past year has been hard for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think there have been times, you know, where we're, we're lonely and social media is the place where a lot of people have turned this past year. And it's been, it's just been fun, you know, trying to cultivate that and, and hear from people and help connect people to online communities and Bible studies and that sort of thing. So my first year at Lifeway Women was not what I expected. I thought I was going to be traveling and doing all of these events, but the Lord, the Lord knew, you know, he, he knew where, where we were going to be. And I'm just thankful for that journey. For sure. I know, like I was just thinking, you know, we were just, um, you know, it's been a year since we went to California for, you know, an event. And, you know, at that time, none of us could see what was coming. Right. It really had not hit us. And, you know, I think, was that your first event, Juliana? That was my um, second. Second? Yeah, because we did uh, Living Proof Live in oh, New, in Orleans, New Orleans, Orleans together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I can't so. believe. Yeah, we did that. Was but I remember, like there were different teams that were there, and one team thought that you were going to dinner with them, and one team thought. I mean, so <laughs> you got left at the hotel, which we all were like, we all felt horrible, but we were all like, maybe this is part of the initiation of <laughs> being part oh, of wait, my The funny thing is, Elizabeth actually warned me that yeah. that would happen, oh. and I think it's really funny that somehow. I only went to two events 
in 2020 and yet it still happened. It still happened. Listen, so our event I teams room service and made the most yeah. of it. Our event teams are on a schedule and on a mission and so when they get oh, to the yeah. car they take off and so you got to you just got to learn um and I think that you're not the only one that has gotten left at a hotel during I an learned event. to always make sure your name is somewhere on the spreadsheet. Yes. That's a, yes. That's a, <laughs> make sure because social media people forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you have to have like a buddy, you know. It's like you have to find somebody that has the key, the vans, the, the keys van to the van, keys, yes. and yes. be like, "You are my buddy. Do not leave this hotel without me." That's right. <laughs> At least it was a nice hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With room service, that's was, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, okay. So we wanted to talk because we know a lot of our audience um, maybe lead in different ways, but social media is one of those things that. I think everybody's always trying to get better at. Um, so what are some just like practical social media tips that you could give our audience um, as they're listening today? Like just maybe a few basics and like very practical tips. Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost is content and connection is key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being consistent in the content that you're producing, whether it's for your ministry, your church, your business, or even personally, just consistently on that. Cause whenever I look at an account for a business or even a person, if they haven't posted in six months, you know, I'm kind of wondering like, okay, where are they? Right. You know, what, what is happening? And also just connecting with your audience. So I think one of the biggest things is when somebody comments or sends you a message, at least acknowledging, you know, their presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think nothing's more frustrating as a customer whenever you message a business that is very clearly active, you know, on mm-hmm. social media, and then you never hear anything, which, trust me, I understand the overwhelming number of messages yes. <laughs> that, yeah. that people get. But it's just an important key of something to not be overlooked. And also, I think it's really important. And we saw this so much during the pandemic and in 2020 of people using social media. I mean, there was a point where it kind of felt like that was the only connection a lot of us had to our friends and our family members. And looking at social media as a ministry and not just a vehicle to promote it. Mm. I think that's something that I strive to do, whatever it is, is looking at it as that opportunity, you know, it's not just promoting even yourself or what you had for lunch, but how can you minister to, how can you use things to encourage others where they are? Yeah. So, you know, whether it's looking at a post and thinking like, is this going to make a difference in the life of someone? You know, how is it going to make a difference in the world? And connecting with people, you know, how is this going to connect with people where they are, or bring people together too, you know, whether it's a common interest or something like that of connecting people. I can't tell you the number of people that I am now friends with that I haven't actually physically met, but we have connected through social media. And I think early on, people were really afraid, oh, social media is going to take the place of in-person relationships. And I don't think, I think innately as humans, we are always going to need that physical, you know, presence with other people. But there is still that opportunity and that gap for connection with people online, you know, or just through a common interest or something like that. And also just encouraging people to affect life change and what they're promoting, what they're putting out on social media. And 
um, Kelly, I feel like you'll appreciate this, but I, th- I mean, I talked about all of this stuff in my conference at women's forum uh-huh. earlier this year. I think, I think you can still get that. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Shame, shameless plug there. But I mean, I just love having the opportunity. I mean, when you guys asked me to come on the podcast, I was like, I'm not really that interesting, but just encouraging people, whatever their ministry, whatever their role is in business, or even as a mom using social media as a tool for ministry. Yeah. Because a lot of times like we, we don't necessarily, I mean, we work at Lifeway, so we're, it's easy to say, Oh, my work is a ministry or when you work at a church, but if you take your kids to soccer in a minivan or you work as the CEO of a marketing company or in real estate, whatever you're doing is a ministry. And social media, whether you have one follower or 500,000 followers, that is a platform that is a microphone that you have to, to speak whatever you want to speak. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of it. I think a lot of times social media kind of gets that negative rap, you know, and I've even had times where I've told my husband, I was like, I think if this wasn't my job, I would delete everything. And we've all, I think at this point experienced that moment, but trying to be the stone in the lake that starts that ripple effect of positivity, you know, of encouraging others and pointing them to Christ. Because there are so many opportunities to do that on social media. Oh, yeah. And when you start seeing the negative, because there is, I mean, and there are certain platforms that tend to be a little more argumentative and people try to get into debates or whatever. And I don't know if you have felt this way, Juliana, but, you know, we we. We have a lot of different authors at Mm -hmm. Lifeway, and sometimes when there are things that I see on social media, I almost want to get defensive, you know, but then it's like, that's really not my place to to defend a a person. I mean, so I'm like, how do I stay positive in the midst of the yuck and not get kind of pulled into that negativity? So yeah, what's, is is the best advice is just like, stop, think, and you know, before you, (laughs) before you post or. Yeah. Sometimes the best thing to say is to say nothing at all. Mm, Right. And there is power in silence. And, you know, there is no harm in having a a conversation with someone on the side. Um, At least, I mean, this is my personal approach and, you know, my convictions. If, for instance, like I have a a family member who posts something I don't necessarily agree with rather than going into the comments and being like, well, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll call that person up on the phone and be like, Hey, I love you. Let's, let's talk about this because the reality is, is we can love someone and we don't have to see eye to eye and agree on every single thing. Right. Um, and sometimes on social media, the most powerful thing you can do is, to just say nothing at all and to to not engage. That's been my approach whenever I see argumentative things because nine times out of 10, you're not going to change someone's opinions in the words that you write in a comment section. Right. You can voice your opinions, you know, and social media gives every single one of us a platform. Yeah. And we can use that platform to raise people up and to connect people, or we can use that platform to push people down and step on top of them. Yeah. And I think if we look to scripture, I think we can see the example of what 
Christ would want us to do in those situations. So that's kind of always been like my approach to it. And if you, I mean, personally, like I don't, I don't step into conversations with that are argumentative or, or disagreeable. And it is hard because, you know, sometimes people will speak out about people I care about. Um, but I know that there's not necessarily something that I can say that's going to change someone's heart. Mm-hmm. And we have to trust the Lord to, to do that heart work. Yeah. And I do think the relationship there is important. Like you were saying, if it's somebody that you know and you're, you want to know more about what they're saying or just like, hey, why do you believe this or something, that it is so key to take it off of public. Like if it's on Twitter, DM them instead of, you know, replying to the tweet or whatever. And I think that because that opens it up to like, let's have a bigger conversations about this um, because I'm genuinely trying to learn versus like, I think we so easily take things the wrong way when it's written out in, you know, 280 characters or even just like an Instagram comment can be read like multiple ways. Like even if you put a smiley emoji at the end, like there are 15 different ways to read that smile emoji. And so I think as soon as you can take it and if you do know the person and can actually talk to them, um, I think that takes it, that makes it even better because you can put voice, your tone of voice in and things like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think social media, you lose so much of that interpersonal and nonverbal right. communication, you know, just the, the inflection even, because I can use an exclamation point and be like, Hey, yeah. But it can also be read as like, Hey, right. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> so you lose that a little bit. Yeah. And I think too, um, just remembering and that everyone is somebody behind a screen, like you said, you know, you lose some of the personal connection on social media. And so just remembering that the people behind the tweets or the Instagram posts or Facebook, they're, you know, they're also human beings. They're made in the image of God. And I think a lot of times people forget that, especially when they're talking to brands. Um, so I know both Julian and I know this firsthand, but like just speaking for both of us personally. Yes. Yeah. Because we both know, like we're actual human beings that are answering these messages. And, and I know that um, I have been apologized to before when I have replied back from like a company handle because they were just like oh I didn't realize that someone real would read this (laughs) and and so I am just like I was and she wasn't really mean in her uh, original post but I just thought that is so funny because she's just like it's a robot yeah she's just thinking it's a robot or like no one will ever actually read this and so just keeping that in mind in our interactions with people is like everything that's posted to the internet well not everything there are some robots out there but like most things that are posted to the internet that you're following were created by a person and were posted by a person um and so just keeping that in mind i think goes a long way but i i love what you said about you know it's all about connection and content and how can we think about what what content we're using as a means to show others christ whether that's you know, through something more overt or just like, I'm inviting you along. Like, I think Mm -hmm. we were talking earlier about life on life and like Mm -hmm. how we can live. And so social media almost offers us a chance to do life with, which I don't, 
some people hate that phrase, but (laughs) do life with people that are maybe like live very different lives than we do, but we're almost like giving them an insight into our lives. And it's not the same as like in person. Hear me say that it is not the same as in person, but I do think it is an opportunity that we have to use this technology to be like, here's how I live out my faith in my everyday life. Um, And it may be very different from the way that you do, or maybe you don't have faith. And so you're seeing someone actually live real life in faith every day. Um, So anyway. And one of the, I I mean, I think, Elizabeth, as you're saying that too, I'm just thinking about, and Juliana, you can speak to this at a couple of the events, like the digital events that we've done in the past year when we kind of had to move that direction, the importance of the online like prayer chats and the ministry that happened. Um, I mean, I'm thinking specifically of like, Life with Women Live last August, um, because I got to jump on some of the Facebook messages and just pray with women and just yeah. you know, like how, you know, talk a little bit about how you've been able to just have those kinds of interactions with women over the past year. Yeah, I it actually brings tears to my eyes whenever I think about how the Lord used social media mm-hmm. during the simulcast. Um just women who are hurting reaching out and saying, this is what I'm walking through. And I mean, Kelly, like you and Michelle and so many other people on our team were able to kind of jump in because it was overwhelming Mm -hmm. the number of women who were hurting and reaching out for prayer. And I think that was something that I've never experienced in social media before. And that was kind of a pivotal moment for me to really realize social media. I've, I've been doing social media marketing now for um, 10 years and social media has shifted to something that is more personal Mm -hmm. and where, you know, people can reach out and they can get the help they need or the prayer they need. And it by no means replaces actually being plugged in, you know, with a church and with a small group and that sort of thing. But in the midst of a pandemic, it was a moment where I was so thankful that for the first time in history, we had this way to have a voice and have a platform and to connect and pray for one another. I mean, I, I just think that's something that is so unique about kind of this experience that we've all had over the last year, wherever, you know, you kind of stand on it is that it's something, sorry, I'm rambling. No, it's <laughs> no good. you're fine. That's, but yeah. you know, it was, it was something that was so powerful and could be so unique in how that it was used. Definitely. I think I've thought about that often too, just like how um, gracious God is to, in a time when we're we've been so isolated to make that a time when we do have the technology and I know like this is not the first time that we've dealt with a pandemic globally oh, yeah. in history but we are it, like it's so gracious that we get to live in a time where we can still like metaphorically join hands in prayer and um to lift each other up and to study the bible and to um just help each other out even like even just things like venmo and gofundme where we are able to like give financially to help people who are in need and so there's just been a lot of ways that god has used technology and specifically social media in a year of 
isolation for so many to have communities form and grow. And like you said, none of them need to stay on social media. They need to be real life or have real life components to them. Um, But it is such a just a grace that we have the ability to do that in in this time. Yeah. Sorry. I, I think it was through that experience you know, with the simulcast and just this past year, that was when I really realized that social media isn't marketing. Social media is ministry. Yeah. There's your share square quote. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Thanks for not making me pull that. But, But you know that, I think we've made that transition. And as Christian women, you know, as Lifeway women, if we start to approach social media in that way, Mm -hmm. I think we could, even if 250,000 women who follow Lifeway women start doing that, I think we could start to see that ripple effect across social media as a whole. Yeah, that's great. I, I agree for sure. And I think um, I think it, it would be so cool to see like 250,000 women start to think through yeah. how can I use my platform? And, and we've talked about this, Juliana, even like in this past week, like um, most people have more followers on social media than they have real life friends like that I know personally like I don't have a huge social media following but I have more followers than I could ever hope to like speak to in a room of people you know what I mean and that kind of gives you that perspective doesn't it and so if you think about that like all of my words are reaching like I don't even know 800 something followers Mm -hmm. and so what does that mean and we know algorithms and all that, like it right. doesn't actually reach all those people. But um, still, I will probably not be in a room with 800 people where I'm given a platform as like, Elizabeth, talk about something. <laughs> you know, I just don't, I don't have that many, I don't have those opportunities. So what can we say to these people? And like you said, everybody has a social media platform or the ability to have one. And so how can you leverage that? Um and maybe it's not going to look huge for you. You may never have 250,000 followers on Instagram, and that's totally fine. But how can you use the follower or use the opportunity you have to reach the followers you have? Um, because chances are some of your followers do not follow Lifeway Women. <laughs> and so they're not seeing those messages. And um, yeah, so I just think that would be really cool to see, like a movement and how we can use our platforms for ministry and mission instead of just marketing. Yeah. And I think just, you know, asking yourself questions before you post, Yeah, you know, is this, is this making a difference? You know, what is my motivation behind whatever this is? Am I connecting with people? How am I pointing people ultimately to Christ? Yeah. Um, this past weekend, I had a really unique, like, it was kind of convicting experience. I don't know. Um, but I was actually at a pageant out in Spartanburg, and I met several women from just several different states for the very first time. And one of them came up to me and she said, I know you're a Christian. And I was like, Yes, I am. <laughs> and she said, I stalked your social media. Wow. And I mean, I was like, okay, you know, like, wow. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, how, how, cause I don't post a Bible verse share square every day on my personal, right. account. like that's not, but you know, a lot of times it's like, here's me and my husband, like going rock climbing or whatever. And 
you know, just putting it, and I'm not by any means saying like I'm doing anything right personally, but it made me realize like people are going to have a takeaway from what we're putting on our social channel, what, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and oh, in ahead. that instance, like that was kind of unique. Um, but, you know, just kind of realizing that whatever your people that may never meet you are going to have some kind of takeaway from that digital presence, that digital footprint that you will leave behind even when you're gone, that legacy, I think at this point will continue to live on. And so kind of being aware of that and thinking of that as you're posting sometimes can, can help you know, even what kind of content or whether something is worth saying. Yeah. And I think too, I've thought often, and I actually have a friend that I've told, like, if, if I ever stop doing this or post something like questionable, I feel like everybody needs a social media editor, like Mm -hmm. somebody they can text things to and be like, is this weird if I say this, or is this like out of character? And, um, I have often said like, if, if it comes to a point where if you looked at my, if you stalked me on social media and you could not tell that I follow Christ, like there's a problem there. There needs to be something. And that doesn't mean that like, like you said, every single post needs to be a Bible verse or like what God is doing in your life. But there needs to be like an overall like, I don't know, feel about them. And um, because, you know, I mean, the Bible says they'll know we are Christians by our love. And so is it loving? Is what you're doing uplifting others? Is mm-hmm. um, Does it appear that you love Christ and his church? Um, and so I think there are definitely ways that we can do that. And like, like we both said, it doesn't have to be like this overt thing that every single time you're like, also, let me talk about Jesus <laughs> now that I've posted a selfie, you know, <laughs> and so, um, but it is just like an overall attitude. Like, will they know you're a Christian yeah, by and, your Instagram feed? <laughs> and it's kind of what Paul talked about as far as uh, we are ambassadors right. for Christ. And so our social media should be as an ambassador yeah. for Christ. Are we reflective? reflecting the gospel and who he is yeah. and um that our that our posts are edifying and not uh destructive and like is it in second corinthians i keep saying second corinthians today is it in second corinthians where he talks about having the odor of christ i think you're right um and so that's just kind of like yeah which is kind of a weird word but um, do we have yeah, the but just like that fragrance the, yeah the, the fragrance of christ yeah, I want my social media to smell like Jesus. Like, yes. you know? Yeah. And like you said, too, we don't know who might be looking at our social media. Right. And, you know, I know sometimes you can set those privacy settings and mm-hmm. things like that where people can't see certain things. But I definitely want, if someone's scoping out, like, who am I and what am I about? I want it to, I want it to be reflective of Christ. And, and knowing also, that I work for Lifeway, right? I want to be a good ambassador for my organization too. Yeah, and I think all three of us feel that way. That even what we post because of because of the places we get to sit and the people we get to talk to, mm-hmm. um, th- what it that could be destructive to to the mission of Lifeway too. Yeah. Well, you don't want somebody to hear you on the podcast and then find you on Instagram and be like, "What in the world? What in the world?" <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Well, Juliana, thank you so much for talking with us. We do want to ask our our question that we ask everybody on the podcast. So what has marked you in your walk with Christ? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about that and I was like, there's so many moments in my life that I could just think like that marked me, you know, and I grew up in a, a Christian home. My dad is a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, 
And they, my parents always told me that being a preacher's kid, growing up in church, knowing all the right answers does not make you a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the first marking moment. But whenever I really thought like what moment was so pivotal for me, I was reminded of February 5th, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the day that the tornado hit Union University. And Elizabeth, oh, yeah. I know you were there. Um, I, know, I had graduated. So I graduated the year before. Yeah. Okay. So that was my freshman year. Um, and as a 19-year-old kind of going through a devastating moment like that at the beginning of freshman year, there there were a lot of questions mm-hmm. um, that I had of God and, you know, kind of first time being out of home and making decisions myself and kind of walking through things. And it was through that process that the Lord opened my eyes just as a 19-year-old to fully trusting God. And really completely giving it all to him and not just a little bit of like, this is what I want to do. And this is the plan um, that I have for my life, but surrendering the plan that I had and trusting him with my future. And it was, I, I struggled a lot after in the days that followed the tornado at Union and the Lord gave me a verse Um, Well, that just kind of raised up through Bible study um, following that event. And it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You know, it's a a verse that many of us probably know and love, but it's the one that, um, you know, he says, my grace is sufficient for me. Sorry, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more in my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. And I was marked by the tornado, by that experience, because I realized that I am so weak. Mm. I did not have the power um, to plan my future, to know what the days held, to know, you know, what was going to happen. But it was through that weakness that I think my faith actually became my own. Hmm. You know, I wasn't living my parents' faith. I wasn't living, you know, following the VBS answers. But that was the moment where I really began to trust the Lord with all of the little deep, dark pockets of my life and of my heart, you know. And that was kind of when, too, I began to realize, like, maybe it's not the Lord's plan for me to become Katie Couric. Hmm. But maybe it's the Lord's plan for me to not know and to follow the road, maybe less traveled and just trust him with my future. So I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, the Lord provides and he does continue to mark our lives as we grow through Bible study and through Christian community. And I'm, you know, I'm just thankful for the way that the Lord used a very tragic event in my life early on for me to have that pivotal moment in my walk with Him. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, that's a very vulnerable moment. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably some moms out there that mm-hmm. would understand what that would be like even to if their daughter's in college and thinking through that and just even our younger listeners of maybe struggling in their faith as yeah. well. So, um 
I don't. I think it'd be um, remiss of us to end the podcast without saying how do we connect to Lifeway Women yes. if they if our you know if our listeners haven't connected on our social media, give us our handles. Yeah, I would love to personally invite you guys to if you're listening to the podcast, send us a DM, um, follow us, comment, whatever. Um, it is at Lifeway Women. So that is our handle. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo, Pinterest, <laughs> all the things. All the um, things. I love to, con- to connect with you guys um, there. And like Elizabeth said, I think one of the unique things about Lifeway Women is it's not a robot. It's a real live person <laughs> sitting right. here um, who is praying for you or responding to your questions or helping you troubleshoot whatever it may be that you know this is this is our ministry and I feel like this is where the Lord as you know as churchy as it may sound I think this is where the Lord called me and Mm -hmm. led me and Mm -hmm. so I would love to connect with you know everybody who's listening um, and hang out with you guys on social media so yeah well, we're glad you're part of the Lifeway Women family, Juliana. Definitely. Yeah. So thanks again. And listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And thanks, Juliana. And we are going to be cheering you and Ben on in American Ninja Warrior. Yes. Go get them. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.